Hey, if you are here and this is your first week for our, uh, with our series, The Good Initiative, uh, we started a few weeks ago and you just haven't been here, you've been out of town, or maybe this is your first Sunday, uh, we've got ushers that will come down and hand you one of these guidebooks. So if you just raise your hand if you haven't been here with us yet, or if you're new, we'd love to hand you one of these. You can raise them up high and our ushers will come forward and hand you one of these. So inside of it... Uh, since you haven't been with us, uh, it's talking all about the good initiative that we have and that what we're going to be doing for the next three to five years. So there's a huge vision piece in the front of it. And uh, then it has a place for you to take notes. It'll have group content based off these messages and lots more. So I'd love for you to, to have that. Uh, so I, I wanted to update you on a couple of things. One is um, this past Sunday night, we had advanced commitment night. I just want to tell you, it was spiritually impactful, like super impactful. We had two people from our campus uh, share testimonials on stage, and it, man, it was like just lights out, really good. The worship was amazing, and there was this moment at the end where Pastor Mike got up, and we're talking about the initiative and the commitment that we have and 100% participation, and he came in and grabbed his commitment card, and he said, I'm going to go first. And, and then I want all of you to come after. And I've never done anything like this. And so I didn't know what to think. You know, I was, I was expecting like a few people would get up and then more would come and then more would come. So he drops it in the bucket. And no kidding, right after that, he said, come. 500 people stood up and they immediately went forward. And I was in awe. It was like 500 people saying, we are engaged, we've been praying, we are so excited about what God is going to do, and we're ready to go. And so they came in one after another after another. I mean, it was crowded up front. It was incredible. And so much so that I, I got a text that night, and it was from somebody from our campus, and he, 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 this is what he said. He said, I wanted to share with you, uh, me and my wife, after we got home last night, what the good initiative means to me. He said, to me, it means two things. One, trusting God with everything, including my finances. Two, I've felt for most of my marriage that we were nomads and just couldn't find a place to call home. But now we have both our physical home in Winter Springs and our spiritual home in Grace. It, it was a really significant, impactful night. And I just have to tell you, if it's anything like what is to come in these next two weeks on our commitment weekend on the 13th. Man, I'm super excited. I'm excited about what God's going to do and about how he's working in our midst. And so I also wanted to give you an update on our offices. So we've been meeting in our offices down the street from here for about three months. And it has been amazing. Thank you for your generosity. We're going to have meetings there. It's awesome. They are, we just got our, so we've got offices on one side. The other side is an empty room. And they haven't, we didn't have a permit. And so we finally got the permit this past week. Praise the Lord. So I just want to give a praise of that. So in that space, they're, they're doing all the build out. They're covering all that cost, which is awesome. But we're going to have students there on Sunday nights, which we're super excited about. Uh, we're, yeah, y'all can clap for that. And then we're going to have, you know, all kinds of classes, meetings, men's, women's theology, next step weekend, like all those things there. Uh, in January, we're going to be kicking off our counseling uh, area, our care and counseling, which is awesome. So we'll have that as well. So super exciting things as we jump in to this the Good Initiative. And if you haven't been with us, again, the Good Initiative is, man, what we're going to be doing for the next three to five years. 
And so we're saying, hey, let's all come together to be on the same page, on the same mission for the same purpose. And so today we're going to jump into 2 Corinthians. This is chapter 9, verses 10 through 15. And so you can open up your notes and your book, or you can open up your Bibles, whatever you want to do. It'll be on the screen either way. And here's the big idea I want you to see, okay? The good is as much the why behind our giving as it is the good our giving will do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that again. The good is as much the why behind our giving as it is the good our giving will do. I'm going to say it another way. The giving from is often more important than the giving to. The giving from is often more important than the giving to. And so again, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 and following. And here's the context. Paul has written his third letter to the church of Corinth. And he's saying, hey, all you Corinthians, listen, I want y'all to be generous to this initiative, this collection. And the collection is this. The church in Jerusalem is suffering. They need funds. They need finances. They need help. They need aid. And so he says, hey, a year ago, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, you said you would give to this collection. And so now I'm coming back around after we've had conflict, after we've worked through all of this, and I'm saying to you, hey, continue what you started. Be generous. And now he's going to hone in in what I see in the heart and the motivation behind this. So let's jump in. Verse 10. He says, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Do you, do you, see, do you see something here? Well, let me ask you, do you see God in this? It says, he who supplies. This whole passage, actually all of chapter 8 and chapter 9 are very theocentric. They're centered around the God who gives. That he is a generous God. And so he's coming right out the gate, verse 10. He who supplies, who's that? God. It's, it's the God who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. And notice all this, this language of I'm here, I'm providing, I'm with you. For food will supply and multiply. I'm not just going to give. I'm going to, man, I'm going to take care of this from the beginning to the end, from the front to the back. How many of you have been in a situation and you've prayed to God and you've asked him to show up and he's come tenfold? Like you thought this was the best way for him to show up. And then when he actually showed up, he didn't just give you what you were wanting. He gave you something even better. That's the picture here. He's like, I'm going to multiply it. I'm going to increase it. I'm going to supply it from the front to the back. God has got you. So he's coming to the church of Corinth. He's saying, hey, listen, consider the church of Macedonia, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and consider Jesus Christ who gave his life for you. So as you look at them, I want you to consider that I want you to be engaged. And guess what? God will give you everything that you need to move forward. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. It's almost Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus says, hey, don't worry about your stuff. Don't worry about food or drink or clothing. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Focus on me and my kingdom and my mission, and I'm going to provide everything that you need. Everything and more. 
Let's go to verse 11. He keeps going. And he says, you, church of Corinth, you will be enriched. There's that supplying language again, this provision from God. You will be enriched in every way. Really strong language. You will be enriched in every way. Wow. To be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. I'm going to say that, I'm going to say something right now that may, you may be like, really? He's saying he, you will be enriched spiritually and materially. Now, this isn't the health, wealth gospel. What he's saying is, is that God is going to provide all that you need. And he's not just going to provide it for you. He's going to provide you things and stuff and livelihood so that you can provide for others so that you can enrich others, so that you can show up for others. It's almost like a means or a channel of grace. God's just, you're just the conduit and you're just saying, hey God, here I am, let's go. That's the picture. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Let me give you a picture of the complete opposite. This is out of Luke chapter 12. Watch this. Luke chapter 12, verse 16, Jesus is giving a parable. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops because I have so many. He's not land rich and cash poor. This guy's just rich. All right. He's got a lot. What does he say? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I'll store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. Is there a part of you that, sound, that is thinking like, that sounds like a great life, right? Yeah, I know because it's Jesus speaking, you're like, I'm not gonna laugh right now. But you're kind of like, that sounds pretty good, right? Eat, drink, be merry. I got a lot of stuff. I can put it in more bars, build bigger bars. It's a great life, right? I mean, it feels pretty good. Let's keep going. I also just want to pause, though, and I want to say it's interesting that he says, I will say to my soul. I'm going to say to myself. How many of you have been in situations where as you interact, you don't really interact with God, but you just interact with yourself? And you just kind of stay in that moment, and you're planning, you're preparing, you're making decisions, whether it's at your job, in your school, among friends, and you're just going about life like, hey, soul, hey, Clint, what do you want to do today? Let's do it. Let's go. This feels good. This feels great. Let's eat, drink, and be merry. Let's have a life, right? Is this guy like a seven? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I will say to myself, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax. Take it easy. Eat, drink, be merry. Let's go. Verse 20, but God said to him, God enters the picture. Oh, yeah, God right? The creator of the universe, the sustainer. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. Notice he used the word again, soul, to that inner person. Hey, to the reality of who you are. For this night, your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? 
So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now this, this picture, I, I want to go behind it for just a second. We met and had men's theology this past week and we talked about the big idea of sin. And I asked all the guys, I said, hey guys, what's sin? And immediately one of the guys raised his hand, he said, missing the mark. And I was like, it's 100% right. It's consistent, traditionally known as missing the mark in scripture. And I was like, what's some other things? They were like, trespassing, transgressing the law, breaking yourself over the law. I mean, they're just firing stuff off. And I was like, yes, yes, that's true. Biblically, we see that over and over. There's this progression of sin is missing the mark, falling short of the glory of God, right? And I said, guys, that's all true. And here's the deal. If you try to deal with your sin by not missing the mark, guess what you're going to end up doing? You're going to keep on sinning because your focus is on not missing the mark when all you're going to do is miss the mark because we're sinners, we're broken. So there's something else behind sin. What is it? Adam and Eve in the garden. They missed the mark, 100% true, biblical. We would use that language. I would use that language. What else is Adam and Eve doing? Instead of having union with God, their heart, their affections, their desires, they unify with something else, with someone else. They unify with death as opposed to life. They unify, unify to self. They look inward. I want more. I need more. And they sin. Sin is always about relationship too. It's not just missing the mark. I don't want you to miss that. So what, what are we coming to here? What, what, what's the picture? Is it just that he built bigger barns and stored his stuff? He, he missed the mark. What did he miss though? His soul missed Jesus. He missed the relationship with the creator. He missed the fact that everything he had was God's that it was given to him by God and that it wasn't his. He was a manager of what God had given him and he missed it. He missed the relationship. And so the picture here is of a church and Paul is coming in, he's saying, hey, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way because it's God's. He's the giver, he's the sower, he's the provider, he's the multiplier, he's done it all for you. Open your hands. We talked about this last week. Don't be tight-fisted. Be open-handed to the things of God. What is he calling you to do? He missed it. And I just think about this guy who's building bigger barns. I know it's a parable, but it's a real picture of our lives at times. I just think about this guy and I, I think, I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to turn it to you. If you were God, would you give you more money? Think about that. Would you, I, I, I'll give you the example, lottery. A lot of people will say, listen, if I won the lottery, I would be such an amazing giver. Like it would be incredible. I have millions and millions and millions of dollars. And so when that happens, then I'll engage. Then I'll remember the God who provides. Then I'll, I'll see that he multiplies because he's given me so much. Now I can give. And, and he's flipping it and he's saying, hey, listen, you will be enriched. You already are enriched. You will be supplied, Church of Corinth. You will be taken care of. Now give, be generous, be open-handed. If you were God, 
would you give you more money? We've asked several people that in the past, just personally. I've met with people and asked them that. And you know what? I haven't found a person yet that said yes, which is really fascinating. I found that really interesting because I always assume like, absolutely, bring it on, baby. Like, God, give me more, right? But when they sit with it long enough, they go, I, I don't know. I, I really have to pray about it. I have to think through that. Let's keep going. Verse 12, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, so the church in Jerusalem, it's not just that, but it is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. It's just, it's this overflow of thanks because of what God is doing in us and through us as the church of Corinth and the church of Macedonia, as we reflect on Jesus, that's the backdrop. It makes me think of Matthew chapter five. And we could bring this broader than just generosity. This is our lives in general. Look at it. Jesus again is speaking. He says, you are the light of the world. You're the light of the world, guys. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now here's the picture. The church cares for others in such a way that God gets the glory. That's what he's coming to the church of Corinth with. He's saying, hey, would you be generous in such a way that this would be a ministry of service to when people see it and they're a part of it, they're impacted spiritually. And there's this overwhelming feeling of thanksgiving to God. Like, God did this. God showed up. God moved in our midst. It's the picture. It's amazing. And so I want you to, as we think about this, there's a short video for you with the holding this idea of God moving and working in our midst. My wife and I moved down here at the very beginning of the pandemic. We didn't know a soul down here, but we knew we wanted to find our community within the church. Grace Winter Garden just happened to be right across the street from our neighborhood. And from the first step we walked in there, right then and there we became a part of the, the Winter Garden Grace family. The Winter Garden campus is that family community, that family inclusive culture. Um, for my wife and I, that was definitely overwhelming in a positive way. 90% of my best friends down here are from church. We're not only seeing each other on Sunday, uh, but we're hanging out outside of church. And now as, as we have a three-week-old baby, everybody from church has been pouring in, and that is something that, uh, a culture that we've never been a part of before. Um, it is something really special for us. As a 26-year-old married couple, my wife and I, uh, I think we were given ourselves an excuse of, hey, we're young, we need to save up. 
you know, when we get older, we can we can be more a part of the church financially and give. Um, but then we started hearing stories of people within the church, of their generous hearts, of their radical giving, uh, and opened up our eyes a little more. Um, and we felt through those stories that God was convicting us to say, hey, it's, it's the time to take your next step. Uh, in your trust and in your relationship with me. Um, and that started with challenging us with our, our biggest comfort, our biggest security, and that's our finances. We no longer look at our finances as our own, but a blessing from God. So why not give that back to, to his church and to his people to see what he wants to use for it? We almost feel like it's um, a way of worship, but ultimately I think it's just furthering our trust and relationship with him. Um, and as we grow closer to Him, I feel like life just continues to get better with our relationship with Him and the relationship with my wife and I, uh, relationship within people within the church. And it starts with us. Welcome to our Advanced Commitment Night. Look, Clint, this is all of Great Church right here, all right? We got every campus represented. We are pumped that you are here. Are you pumped to be here? I think the Good Initiative is extremely exciting. Um, one reason is because it's going to hold us accountable because we're not doing this alone. We're doing this with uh, the community of believers within the church as well too. And it's going to continue to push us to, to be uncomfortable. But that's exciting because we can't wait to see um, what Christ has in store for us and what He has in store for our church. We give to Grace because we feel a part of the Grace mission uh, to continue to grow and help people take their next steps towards Christ. And we just look at these past two years and how much this church has grown and how many blessings this church has received. I can only imagine within the next two years what Grace Church is going to look like. Yeah, that was awesome. Really cool video. I love his story. I love the fact that they came and they were new, they were embraced, they were cared for, they were loved on, and they're continuing to take their next step towards Christ. But not only that, they're also looking for ways of how are we involved? We've been loved, we've been cared for, exactly like this text is talking about. You've been so cared for, you've been richly supplied, now go and care for others. Go and love others. Continue the mission. So let's continue in the text. We're in verse 13. He had just talked about many thanksgiving overflowing to God. And now he says, by their approval of this service, the service being this act and giving to the church, they will glorify God because of your, notice, disengagement language. Look at these terms. Because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ. It's gospel language. And the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you. Do you see the giving, the receiving? They give and then the receivers pray. They pray for the givers. There's this constant giving and receiving between God, between believers, between believers to believers. Followers of Christ. There's this, just this incredible engagement. He says, in the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others while they long for you and pray for you. And then he has this, this almost causal statement at the end. Because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, God is present. And we feel that, 
we sense that, we see it, we see the generosity from God, we see the generosity of others, we see the prayers back. There's, there's this movement of God when everyone is engaged. Notice the terms. I, I just want you to see these. Submission, confession, generosity, and prayer. They are dialed in. It's almost like all of them is in this. They have submitted to this, this idea of submission. I, I want to go outside of this text and I just want to talk about my own life. And the day that I submitted to Jesus, I went from, and many of y'all have heard the stories, I went from submitting to my own flesh and doing what I want to do when I want to do it, selling drugs to rich kids at the country club, to all of a sudden now I'm telling those same kids about Jesus. Why? Because I had submitted under the leadership of God. My partying changed. I still partied, but I didn't do it in crazy ways that dishonored God. Instead, I invited 80 guys over and girls as well to come watch the Super Bowl. And we had a huge party and it looked different than the party next door. Right? Why? Because I was in submission to a God who is, to a God who cares, one who had given me a new heart. I submitted, listen, if you're dating today, Right now, if you're in a dating relationship or you hope to be in a dating relationship, I dated different. I used to date one way and now my dating experience went a completely different route. Why? Because it was under submission to God. I lived differently. I thought differently. I was broken still. I messed up still. I missed the mark still. But my goal was to be in union with Christ and not in union with death. And I had personally seen, if you've heard my testimony, of how it can take you to physical death. Not just spiritual, but physical too. So the idea, they were submitted. They were in submission, right? They also had confession. This is not the idea of, I'm going to get on my knees, I'm going to confess my sins to the Lord. Or I'm going to go to an elder of the church and I'm going to confess my sins to that elder. They're going to pray for me and I'm going to receive healing, James chapter 5. That's not what he's talking about. What does the text say? Because of your submission that comes from your confession, your stance, your allegiance, your life, right, of the gospel of Christ. He's saying you have unified not with death but with life. You have said, I'm in union with Jesus. That's my confession. That's my allegiance. Jesus came and lived a life that I could never live, a perfect life. It was required of me and I couldn't live it. And so Jesus lived it for me. He substituted his perfect life for my broken, sinful life. But not only that, he died the death that I deserve. He substituted his life He who had no sin became sin on my behalf. Why? So that I could become and have the righteousness of God. That's the picture. There's this confession of the gospel of Christ that Jesus died and was raised and he gave us life. And there's that third term, generosity. And the generosity, they're engaged in the mission, not just in words, but with their checkbooks. I know they didn't have checkbooks back then. I get it. But you get what I'm saying? All of their life was engaged. Not just, hey, I'm going to give you my time over here. No, no, no. All of my life is yours. I'm in submission to you. Everything. 
Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? How do you want me to live? It's all under you. I'm connected to life. I don't live the way I used to anymore. It's not for self. I don't build bigger barns for me. I'm here for you, God, and for others, right? It's the picture. As a matter of fact, David Guzik, he's a commentator. He's written commentary on almost the whole Bible. It's free online. He's, he's pretty sharp. I like him. He wrote this about this particular part. He's ta- talking about confession to the gospel of Christ and generosity. Paul puts it boldly, he says, giving among the Corinthian Christians was evidence of their obedience. Obedience to what? To their confession to the gospel of Christ. If a person does not have a, watch this, if a person does not have a generous heart, there is a sense in which they are not obedient to the confession of the gospel of Christ. What you do in this area reflects the gospel. It reflects your heart. It reflects where you are with God. It's really practical. And it's really simple in a lot of ways, right? So I want to make, I want to just, oh, and, and so submission, confession, generosity, and prayer. I love how it says that they're praying for them. I've been reading a book on prayer. If you're looking for a good one, this is a great one. I'm like halfway, maybe three-fourths. I can't give the full pitch, but praying like monks, living like fools. Uh, Tim Mackey does the forward at the beginning. Tim Mackey's the guy who did Bible Project. The book's fantastic. Young guy, and he's just on fire for Jesus. He talks about prayer and how to engage God, how it's a relationship. It's, it's super good. So they are in, they're all in. They're engaged. That was just free for you. Submission, confession, generosity, and prayer. So here's a practical question for you, okay? What am I not giving and why? Just think about that. If it's connected to the gospel, if it's connected to being on mission with God, what am I not giving and why? It's just some things for you to think through, pray through. I'll say it another way. Many of us would love to give. I just want to be practical for you here. Many of us would love to give, but as, as we talk about engagement, but maybe you're that person who, man, you would love to give, but you haven't taken the time to sit down and to plan what that would look like. You haven't made a budget. You haven't gone through the steps of saying, God, what could I actually give? Like, how could I be generous in my life? And so maybe that's the next step for you. I'll tell you my story. So I became a Christian at age 15. Radically changed my life. And I heard just on a Sunday, hey, you're supposed to give 10%. So that's what I did. I'm following you, Jesus. So I'm going to do that. When it came to my Senior year, maybe freshman year in college. I stayed in town to save money, went to a local college for a year and a half just so that I wasn't paying. I went out of state after that. But there was a class that was led by an accountant in our church. Just a, just a lay guy. He's not on staff at the church. He said, hey, I want to raise up leaders to think biblically about money and how, what they do with their stuff and planning future. So I'll go in there. And at this point, I'm so hungry for God. This guy could be boring as I'll get out and it wouldn't have mattered. I was dialed in. I was just, I was ready to learn, to grow, do whatever. We sit in there, he starts pulling all these charts and it was pretty boring, okay? But here's what I learned. 
I learned to actually think ahead in my life, to think ahead with my finances, to consider that it's all God's. How do you plan for a 401k? How do you pay for a house? What do taxes look like? I mean, all these things. How do you create a budget? And so at a very, out of high school, I'm creating a budget, even though I didn't have any money, okay? I'm, my wife is laughing, <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, all right. So anyways, I did all that, and it was this thing in my life where God said, all of it is under submission to me. And so I had to plan and to think through it. So if you're looking for a practical resource, I use personally mint.com. It's a free online service. You tag your bank account to it, and they do all the work for you. It's amazing. But what I'm trying to get you to see is, is that they were engaged. They were thinking about, praying about, and looking at being engaged. And so for me, this is the, this is the language I want you to hear. Every dollar has a place and is accounted for. For me. That's, that's my goal is that every dollar has a place and it's accounted for and all of it's under submission to God, whatever that looks like. It brings, and notice he says that because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. So as God works, as God sees engagement and moves in engagement among believers, receiving and giving and receiving and giving, what do we see? The surpassing grace of God upon you. I just want to clarify something. If you haven't been with us or if you've never been to Grace and you're showing up for the first time, you're going, man, this is a lot of talk about giving. I want you to hear this. I've been here four and a half years. I said this a few weeks ago. It's 234 Sundays. Five of those Sundays, we have talked about generosity out of 234. I talked to Pastor Mike about this, who's been here longer than me, obviously. He's founder of Grace. I said, man, hey man, how's long, how long has it been prior to me? He said, six years. I didn't tally it up. That's a lot more Sundays. You can count one message each year additional. So this isn't something that we're only talking about and we always talk about. No, this is actually rare. It's because we want to do something good and we're asking everybody to be on mission and engaged in submission and prayer and saying, God, what could you do if we all show up? What, what could you do? It'd be amazing. I, I, think of, um, I, I think of a lot of quotes, but there's one that's really stood out for Gene and I, and it's this idea of um, conflict and fighting. And I, I read this quote years ago, and it's by Francis Chan. And this is what he says. He said, being in war together is what keeps us from being at war with each other. It's in his book on marriage. And that has been true in our lives. When we're aligned with a father and we're on mission together and we're praying together and looking forward to what God is going to do through, in us and through us, guess what? We aren't bickering and fighting over the little details, over the things that seem so insurmountable now. No, no, no. We're on mission together. I love that. I love that quote. All right, last verse. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. So he kind of, he, he says, hey, I want you to consider it is the God who gives. He will enrich you. He will supply you. He will multiply your righteousness. He will provide for you spiritually and materially so that you can enrich others, right? And then what does he land with? How does he end? He ends with God again. 
It's so theocentric, even though it's centered around the idea of generosity. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. There's a whole lot of debate on what the gift is. Some people say it's salvation. Some people say it's Jesus. I just say both, right? We are overwhelmed by the fact that Jesus came. The fact that he came and lived the life that we could never live and died the death that we deserve. All is connected to the God who gives. And so y'all, as we continue in the series, what I want you to see is the why. I want you to see the God behind all the stuff that we have, all that we are, and that he has a mission and that we're called to it. And we're asking for you to engage in that as well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your generosity, so much for sending your son, so much for providing forgiveness and hope and life in Jesus. God, I pray that as we consider our lives, that we would recognize that we want to be in union with you and not with death. And so God, help us to consider all of our life as yours. We love you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name.